Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, Doing good, Shad. Doing good. All right, I'm glad to hear it, and we are happy you are listening with us. We're going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning, as always. First one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Colorandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C, Corners, capital P in podcast to save 10% off your order. Folks in East Kentucky still need your help. Uh, all the shiny has worn off that disaster, but those folks are still needing help out there. So if you would like to help them out, I'm going to recommend you go through Apple Shop, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P.org. Or if you would like to contribute to a business that is absolutely helping people out down there, Appalachian Apparel, that is A-P-P-A-P-P-C-O.com. Either one of those will be helping out folks in that area who desperately need it. And our other shout-out goes over to Matt. Uh, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Orlando Cologne, uh, one of my favorites of the year, even though we haven't really seen him wrestle. I would love to see him return to a major promotion. But I hope that's not WWE where he becomes uh, the Miz's new lackey in his never-ending war against Dexter Loomis. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Hopefully that's oh. ended by the time this airs, which it won't. Yeah. They're going to drag oh, that out sure for Rumble. That's going to be like some Rumble. I, I can't believe they're still going with that. It's Miz's death. Like, he is absolute death. Well, I mean, he hasn't really changed his gimmick. His gimmick worked for a long time, but they haven't changed it either. Well, so. the problem is Miz was never a good entering guy. And, like, since that – was it his ACL? I think so. I, yeah. Since that injury he had a couple years ago, he he is worthless in the ring. Like, AJ Styles couldn't even get something watchable out of him. You know that's a bad spot to be in. All right. Um, hey, guess what? We are back for the rest of our year-end awards. Last time we finished off – with feud of the year brad what are we starting off with so we're gonna do comeback wrestler of the year so this can be they came back to the business or they got it it's different from most improved because most improved is kind of like you got better comeback can be you either came back or you were sucking and you got better all right what do you got um well, we kind of foreshadowed this last episode talking about guys kicking the booze. So um, Chris Jericho is mine because he lost a lot of weight because he had a – was it a pulmonary embolism? Um, I believe so. Something like that, yeah. So he had a medical scare last year, and he stopped drinking, got in really great shape. I think he dropped like 50 pounds at least. 
Like, mm-hmm. if you go look at him from, like, fall of last year to, like, the spring, he lost a lot of weight. And he's really benefited from it. Um, he's gotten a lot of that, like, explosiveness back. Like, he's really found his athletic ability. Um, he's had some great matches this year, like that um, Eddie Kingston match at Revolution. Yep. Um, the show I went to, he had a great match with Wheeler Yuta. Um, the Claudio Castagnoli match at Final Battle was pretty good. Yep. Um, oh, he's had a couple other good ones I can't even think of off the top of my head. The thing you got to remember about that match, Brad, is that the giant swing is barbaric. Yes. <laughs> it's just uh, he's had a lot of fun telling people why why he tapped out to that move. But he's had a really good year, and I mean, he was he was he had been downright terrible the first couple of years of AEW in ring. Like his um. He, his promo work and being a star was good, but his in-ring work was no bueno. It was not, um, it was not crisp. And now suddenly he's he's got some stuff back. So, Matt, who was your uh, most improved? Yeah, come back. Sorry, come back, come back, not come most back. improved. Sorry. Uh, the streak returns. Like I actually would choose Jericho as well, uh, pretty much for the same reasons that that Brad did. Because, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think i would call him terrible uh but he was it's it was clear at that point it's like okay like he he had a lot to offer in terms of like his character work and on the mic uh but it was very much like clear it's like okay you're you're in your 50s now not that this is like the only like the last payday but it was kind of like your last big uh run mm-hmm. uh and you were offering like star power and and gravitas and, and like a legend status to the company, but it, you know, you kind of should be cycled out mm-hmm. over time. But then last like year in 2022, like he certainly came back like big time and he has actually worked better. Uh, there are people that are um, kind of done with the whole Jericho appreciation society mm-hmm. uh, stable. And I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Uh, and I did think it kind of, much like with other things in AEW, it kind of like it treaded water a little too long. Yeah, you can only but, hear. Um, I mean, it is funny, and he gets it good sometimes. But you can only talk about how. Um, oh, I don't know what their new names is. Matt, Matt, uh, the one, the one guy, how his nipples are hard, like which is funny sometimes, yeah. but it gets old, like promo after promo. Yeah, uh, but I do think that he like dramatically improved his 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 ring uh, work and his his work rate and everything like that. Uh, he's always been a good promo but i think i do think that he he's improved his body like he looks like in fantastic shape uh and his work has been just improved and so i do think that he he's actually had like some really really good matches this year and he's some really, of them against uh-huh and like i know shad made a crack about punk not working with uh going over all the kiddos but jericho's really done a lot to help elevate yes. guys this year oh yes. the the match he just had with uh action Intradi. uh <laughs> he, he he i mean jericho the suggestion is like he might be starting like a um a losing gimmick yeah uh, he might be and that would be interesting to see if they go that route but he is someone who's like i'm gonna put guys over and he he saw like the action action Andrade had a match on an ew dark with uh, qt marshall 
Okay. And Jericho is like, I'm going to make this kid a star. Like, I, I like this kid. I'm going to make him a star. And he was the one who pushed for this match on Dynamite. And wow, not to talk about it, but it's like, if guys, if you have seen it, it's like that is such an incredibly smartly booked match. Yeah. And if Jericho is the reason it was laid out like it was, like, kudos. But it's like, it's clear because he's like, I, like, watch me beat this jobber. And then he like throughout the match you're slowly seeing the guy like build more and more momentum and jericho like not being able to put him away it's not even like a long match it's like he, there's a 20 minute match it's yeah. like, what, like five minute match it's or something like, like nine, that. nine and a half minutes it, oh, nine it, and a half. it went across a commercial break oh i see so it's a quick relatively you know short match and at the end of the day he put him over he like made that kid a star yeah so it's yeah. Well, I'm interested to see where he's going to go because I think with the losing gimmick, like he could actually, it might be good if he can like put people over. But I think he's been great. I think he would be my comeback of the year. Sean Waltman was very complimentary of him putting that action Andrade guy over. Yeah, yeah. he basically he compared it to when uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon put one two three kid, you know Sean Waltman. He put him over, and it's like. He, Scott did put him over back in the day, but it was more like, oh, this is a fluke. You know, uh, and, and whereas this Jericho Andrade match, it's like this guy like bested Jericho. Like Jericho could not answer to this. Kid, you know, yeah. you know what I think helped build him up more. You know what's funny about that comparison that Waldman did though, is um, and I think Jericho's talked about it before, but you know when Jericho really started picking up momentum in WCW is when Scott Hall jobbed to him randomly on mm-hmm. a Nitro. Yeah. And and Jericho or Hall just wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. In fairness to Hall, we talked about this. It's like he sometimes would do that. It's like guys he would like. Mm-hmm. He could be, be like, yeah, I'm going to put you over. And he would do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but Hall my, understood. What, Hall understood, though. The difference with what, what Hall understood because he was smart, though, is he understood like he could do that and he could come back and beat the guy next week. But the guy still got like you can't take that first win away from that guy if you don't totally bury him. Yeah. Yeah. Um Scott, Scott Hall was much smarter in the business than people give him credit for because of the you know, his for lack of a better term for his personal demons. But um and you guys are great. You, you know, Jericho is a great on point and just to be cheeky, um I'm actually uh, going to make what I think is an amusing statement of um, comeback of the year for someone who, who used to be a wrestler um, because uh, <laughs> it's uh, I'm, I'm going to say this is a, this is a person who was in charge of a bunch of stuff and then went out with a medical emergency. And then all of a sudden um, he's out on his ear and now he's in charge of creative, so my comeback was going to go to Triple H because of the the huge reversal of fortune that happened in his career. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know how um, his long-term health is looking with some of the ratings lately, though. Well, but this is just of this year, so that's that's and, still in the future. And Vince is, Vince is making some noise last week. Oh, I think I'm going to come back, pal. And they're like, hey, hey, hey. I want to come back. Like, but good shit. Yeah, I I don't know that anyone wants that. No, I think well, I I don't think anyone with any sense wants that. But I could see shareholders. Maybe. 
wanting him back if it keeps going bad. Here's the thing that gets me is like, okay, I I will grant that, you know, I'm not looking at that company with rose colored glasses and it doesn't seem to have drastically changed all that much. However, when you hear the stories about how um, different like the atmosphere in the locker room is with, with Triple H in charge, then I've got to look at that. There is, there is no way, no way that I could look at that and say, oh, yeah, we, we, we've definitely got to have, uh, you know, we definitely want to have Vince back because it, it sounds like everybody there is so much happier with with Triple H in charge. I think, though, the problem is, like, when you look at all of his hirings, they're just bringing people back that Vince got rid of. Vince was right about all of them. He was right about a lot of them, yeah. Almost um, all of them, Vince has been proven right. And I think I think the problem is, like, so let's leave the morale part out of it with the Triple H versus Vince thing. I think the biggest crime he has is, like, his stories are more coherent but it has a lot of Vinceisms in it, and it's actually more boring, and it doesn't have the flair that Vince has. But I also think the problem is a lot of stuff gets blamed on Vince, but it's something I'd said to him up to like the very end, is like when he put his foot down about something, Vince tended to be right. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's been shown with Triple H, I think, that Vince understood his audience for better or worse, even though with the trolling and stuff... But I just think, um, I don't know, man, like there's just and there's things like there's things that he's doing and is in the process of doing that's very Vince like, like how they got a little bit of heat on the Sami Zayn thing joining Bloodline mm-hmm. and they're going to break that up. And I bet you there's never going to be a Roman versus Sami Zayn match, which yeah, people that's would actually want to see. There that's are, not very easy. There are people. Yeah. <laughs> There are people who have argued, like, legitimately, and I don't discount them because I think that it actually would be a, a, an interesting, compelling thing, where it's like, oh, Sami Zayn should be the one to challenge Roman and beat him for the title. And it's like, you may be like, well, Sami's kind of be just being used as, like, a comedy character. And it's like, I get that, but it's also, from a storyline perspective, like, it would be really interesting and compelling to me that it's like this joke character... Like mm-hmm. if he's the one who actually dethrones Roman, like I, I think it would be great. Uh, that I don't think they're ever going to do that. No, like the, I, I don't either. But the best you're going to get is that the rumor is that the they'll he'll team up with KO and beat the Usos. Is what yeah, gonna that's do. the rumor. Is that that's the that'll be the Mania match? Is that he'll he'll there'll be some sort of fallout between uh, Sammy and the Bloodline, and that he'll team up with KO and they they are going to win the tag titles. Or at least face the Usos at Mania. And they'll either lose at Mania or they'll win the tag titles and lose them on Raw. Because God forbid Probably. the bloodline lose for five seconds. No, but like, so the thing is, he, yeah, he is largely a comedy character. But see, this is this is how you do. So there's this magical thing we can call character arcs and progression, which WWE doesn't have. So you have the bloodline kick him out and you have like Roman beat him up really bad. He misses like a month or two and then he comes back. And oh my God, he's suddenly serious, or mm-hmm. more serious. Yeah. Because, because um, 
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use Transformers the movie because it just popped in my head here. <laughs> like how how Hot Rod like gets a fire lit under his ass after Optimus Prime dies and like rises to the occasion. You could actually do that with Sami Zayn after the Bloodline kicks him out. Yes. Like there's this thing called the Hero's Journey that they've forgotten how to do. Yeah. And like Sami Zayn is a good face. Like he could pull off whatever they want to do, but they're not going to do that because. They're gonna they're gonna bury everyone and keep it clear for the Rock to turn them down for WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty. I'm pretty sure that's how that's gonna turn. Well, out. Brad, I, I think Brad, it, what were you gonna say? My, uh, I, I'm daring to believe <laughs> that's intensifying right over here. <laughs> but um, I and and I like because because if you if you listen to what's going on and you listen to some of the stuff Meltzer said recently um mm-hmm. he's being very Meltzer about it but Meltzer was talking about it as a surety a couple months ago and he's yeah. essentially saying well the rock's going to do what the rock's going to do which tells me that um there'd be some issues there and i kind of what i kind of think is yeah. going to happen is it's not going to happen it's going to be directly because the rock would have played ball with Vince but not Triple H maybe maybe so um, and I, I but, just don't think The Rock was ever going to do it in the first place myself. And it, if you've seen if you've seen The Rock recently, he is roided to the gills and he could not wrestle a match in his current condition. He needs yeah. to like drop bulk and like change his muscles up and get off the gas and stuff. And I just don't that that would that I think he's got like six months of like sculpting to do and he doesn't have six months. He's honestly, he's too busy and there's too much money to lose by doing that with him. And I don't think they're going to do it. Um, uh, just straight up, honest to God, they're not going to do it. And we're going to have um, the rock was never going to do it is my point is there's too much money to be lost. Like they didn't want him to do that last one that he was in with Cena because they were like, oh, you know, we you get hurt. And, and that sort of stuff. Well, guess what? Yeah, that's what, he, what happened. And now he's got to scramble and and um fix some things because Black Adam bombed. And that's, I think it ended up breaking even, but that's no. Not a that, good there was for him. um there was a report that said it could have lost as much as a hundred million dollars recently. Mm. That's rough. Yeah, so I think he's got it. I think I think if that done well, it might have been more likely. But now, like, I think when you have a movie bomb like that, especially when you're someone like him that's been in so much high profile stuff, I mm-hmm. think that means you got to scramble and like figure out what you're gonna get out there to kind of like I kind boost of, your profile back. Yeah, up. I kind of I kind of agree, but I kind of also think like like Warner Brothers itself, like the, that company, is just in such bad shape. And well, kind of just like a hot mess it, that he could almost be like, well, you know, the, the we weren't given the support. It's a, you know, it's being incompetently run. It's everything like that. Like you can make excuses. The they weird, basically had him do all of the promotion himself through his social media. The weird yeah. backstabbing that goes on at Warner Brothers is just astonishing. Like, cause yeah. for all of Disney's incompetence, like you don't see that kind of backstabbing at Disney. Yeah. And like it's for a company that's losing billions to the point where they could only put out two movies the rest of this year and one of them bombed. Like mm-hmm. that like that Zaslov guy needs to fire everyone and just start over. 
yeah, there's there's a lot of issues going on there. But the Rock the Rock stands to lose too much money if he gets hurt having another match. And the last match that he had with John Cena, he tore his hip flexor. Like that's a huge injury to have. Uh, you know, and I, I don't think, and I never thought he was going to come back for it. It just wasn't going to happen. Doesn't, I, uh, doesn't Rock have like a a picture deal with with Netflix? Or did I not? Did I hear that wrong? Like I thought he did. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mac, Matt, your mic got uh, quiet there. Oh, I had muted there myself. There it is. Okay. I, I had muted myself a minute ago just because I was coughing, but. Uh, did, does he have like a, a Netflix deal? I thought maybe he did. I he uh, might. Netflix is just throwing stupid money around because they're desperately trying to not lose any more subscribers. Yeah. So so Rock was in a movie with uh Ryan Reynolds for Netflix. Oh called, yeah. Um, called called Red Notice. Yeah. And that was with uh Gal Gadot. Yeah. Good. How you pronounce her name? I've heard uh, it like so many different ways. I don't even know anymore. I watched it with my wife, uh, which is sad. Like we barely ever watch movies nowadays. Um, but I actually thought it was like a perfectly fine, entertaining movie. It's not, it's not like Shakespeare, guys. It's not like. No, high. that's not. You don't. The thing is, though, if you but, if The Rock came out and started doing Shakespeare, you would throw rotten fruit at him because you want something to explode. Yeah. <laughs> It was exactly yeah, well, it was exactly what you want in a rock movie, which it was. There was some uh, some comedic moments. There was like some big action moments. There was stuff blowing up. It was Ryan Reynolds like telling jokes. It's like I'm totally fine with this. Like this is what I am paying yeah. Netflix for every month, and I I feel like I got what I wanted. It's kind of mm-hmm. like um, it's kind of like when you say that if like Mel Gibson walked up to you and he started talking to you in a rational, coherent way, you would be disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can i uh can i give my runner up for comeback yeah yeah all right hold on oh <laughs> okay okay justin's gonna be very mad at you about that you know it is <laughs> funny that nuts. it is funny though that they hired him and then their next tour announcement, they try they're trying all these new markets, and I have to kind of think he um. Oh yeah, that's his job. He, oh, I think that I think that's attributable to Jeff Jarrett. Like I think he actually is the one like pushing for new markets. Because let's be realistic, like I, I of any of any like North American wrestling company for sure, like I I care about AEW more yeah. than any of the other ones. But it's like, guys, you can run more than uh, than Chicago. New York and yeah, Chicago. God, like you you can run other markets than those two. Well, please get the hell out of Chicago. We're, I think for they've a while. been. Where I think they've been negligent so far, and I'm hoping he points them in that direction. Is they could make a lot of headway by going to markets that are underserved by WWE. Or have just mm-hmm. kind of like begrudgingly accepted them in the South and like the Mid Atlantic area that want their mm-hmm. that want their wrestling back, and I think yeah. that's where they've yeah. been. Like they're going to Lexington, Kentucky. Like I've got my ticket for it. 
Like I'm, if, I'm, if, if they do well there, they need to do markets like that because WWE doesn't give Lexington, Kentucky good shows. Yeah. No, they don't. They and, have not done a televised show in Lexington for a long, long time. And Lexington, Kentucky's not a small market either. No, it's Lexington, Louisville and Cincinnati make a golden triangle that has a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, market because you're going to draw in. Lexington is realistically close enough that you'll draw in from Knoxville, from Nashville, from um, from Cincy, from Louisville, from Charleston. Like you'll draw a lot of people in to come see an AEW show there if they want to see it because it's close enough to realistically drive it and get home. Well, that's but, why um, that's why NXT came to Columbus first because when you come to Columbus, you can pull people drove from Cleveland, Cincinnati. Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, because that's all within driving distance. And it was a show they'd never been to before. Like it's a central hub to like a bunch of cities that you can draw people in from. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's, there's, that was my understanding is that exactly, that's exactly why they hired Jarrett. I just, uh, I just don't want to see him like on TV a lot. He's been decent yeah. though on TV. I think he's been okay. I mean, that that group but, needed that group. I mean, I like Sanjay Dutt, and I think he's good in that kind of like douchey guy in a suit role. But they needed a little more flavor to that group. Okay. I agree. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's just one of those like, hey, you know, we could we could. And that this big guy's is, already know, better than Omos, by the way. I'm not oh, saying he's great, uh, but he's way better than Omos. Satin, Satin Singh? Yeah, he's yeah. better than Omos. Yeah. And Shanky and um, Commander Aziz. Though I don't think Shanky and Commander Aziz have been seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Well. So uh, let's see. What does that take us to? What's our, is it most improved our next yeah, one? Yeah, I think this is where we're going to diverge a lot. Okay. Uh, Matt, who do you have kicking off your most improved slot? Most improved? Well, obviously, uh, <laughs> you would probably give this title to, to like a rookie. Uh-huh. I actually, I actually would give it to, uh, to Jericho. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I felt like the improvement over the last year – has been st- stark, yeah. Like both in physical uh, abilities and really just his, his ring rate, uh, ring work has been like amazing. His, I think that he really stepped it up. His matches went from a channel changer to I look forward to them in less than a year, yeah. like in six mm-hmm. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think um, oh, he's been. I think um that match with Eddie Kingston is like the closest you'll ever see to an all Japan match in a modern day American ring. And Jericho is part of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, I, um... I also am giggling because I saw that stupid Eddie Kingston posting that, um, Randy Quaid <laughs> from huh. Christmas vacation, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I was like, Oh, that's hilarious. And I realized like I saw it was Eddie Kingston. I'm like, of course he would post that. <laughs> did Eddie put that up himself? Yes, he did. Oh, go great. go look at it. 
I, I saw the I saw the meme. I didn't realize he had put it up himself. Yeah, because it's too accurate to what he would really do. Like that would be Eddie. <laughs> Couldn't you just picture Eddie Kingston there, like doing that? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I well, it's funny enough that I'm I'm hugely entertained by yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, Jericho's a good pick, though. What's your pick, Brad? Um, so I picked someone from AEW. Uh, he wasn't bad before, but I really think he took the next step up, and he's really gotten over as um as a reward. And he's been an interesting character this year, so I went with Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler mm. Yuta, that's a good pick. Good pick. Um, Wheeler Yuta had a had a redefining year. Yep. So that's yeah, and, I agree. And like, that's a really good pick. He went from like kind of a forgettable good in ring guy to I think a legitimately great in ring guy, like to could be like pushing into like could be pushing into like a top twenty five or a top fifteen with some more improvement, like in ring wise. Yeah, I could see that. And I think I think if anything, like I like the the Blackpool Combat Club had um, I had my issues with it throughout the year, but I think mm-hmm. the one thing that they did and William Regal did was they they really propped him up to another level. Oh yeah, they they absolutely enhanced him. So that's absolutely true. Um, you know, just having that defining match with Moxley and at the end of it he writes BCC across his chest in his own blood. It's like, dude, that is a that is an amazing visual. Yeah, and because the other thing is, like, I'm really sad that Takashita I couldn't really give any awards to because he's been outstanding this year, but he's always been kind of outstanding. Okay. Yeah. And we it were missed. It like, sounds as if he, like, wasn't already great. Like, he just, people got more exposed to his talent. Yeah, and I was negligent to not mention Moxley's two matches with him this year, which were both legitimately awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why he got an AEW contract because Moxley was like, I want that guy on the roster. Yeah. Dude, Mox has got to be like, if he gets to a point where he can't wrestle anymore, that guy's going to be a talent scout and a half. Not that he's not yeah. already, but all right. So uh, my most improved pick was also an AEW pick. Listen, listen. The acclaimed is who I'm giving my mm. uh, most improved to because, good lord, they were basically my runner-up for tag team of the year, and I will say Tony was like so smart in like listening to fans and basically mm-hmm. just how organically those guys got super over and are still over. Yeah. Well, who who would have thought too? Who would have thought that in 2022, at any point in the last 20 years, who would have thought in 2022 that Billy Gunn would have been the final piece to a puzzle for one of the hottest acts in wrestling? It's hilarious. He's a tag team guy. It's right there. That and I mean that's probably my favorite. It's one of my favorite moments of the year though is his sons turning on him and the acclaim coming out, and then them mm-hmm. just doing the like the scissors and billy guns like looking at his hand he's like scissor me daddy ass <laughs> god that was so that 
gimmick. Like they went from being they went from being notable for having a good entrance and, and a, a good gimmick that way and that sort of stuff to just being standouts. And it's um God, it's just really That's also a hilarious really tweet though. Cool. Is um men only want one thing and it's disgusting and it's them and Billy Gunn doing the scissory thing. <laughs> So, uh, but, yeah, there you go. They did. And they, they went, they had, they earned, they made their bones, not just by being over with a silly gimmick, but they made their bones by holding their own with that first uh, match against Swerve in Our Glory. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just, just having an absolute banger of a match. It was it was, and and then Tony looks around and goes, "I can't not push these guys. I I got to do this." I was it there was a, for their. I thought it was um, really special. I was there for their. Oh, what was it? The dump the the dumpster match was in Columbus, and what I liked about that is they immediately came out like when they are going to the ring and they jumped Billy Gunn and took him out of the match because they weren't idiots. But then I did have yeah. to laugh because they got the, the dumpster got stuck on the stage and I didn't think they were going to be able to push them off because it got caught oh. on like part of the ramp. And oh, they had okay. to figure out how to get it like unstuck. Wow. That's, that's, that's fun. But then, and, but that's that's where I think I'm always gonna like AEW better than WWE is even with Triple H. Like there's been two instances this year where someone got hot and AEW just went with it, and that's the yeah. acclaimed and Jamie Hader. And that, yeah. And if if WWE did that, they would have waited. Triple H still would have waited for a year, or they would have tried to cool them off. I am in a place uh, looking at um, we were uh, oh god I'm it's gonna get away from me who were we talking about that was um, like in WWE that was getting over big that was not expected I mean dozens upon dozens but <laughs> but here recently like we were just talking ah oh, god I can't remember who it was my concussions are getting me anyway. If here's the thing, if WWE looks around and goes, okay, you know what? This person is, this person is killing it. This person's hot. We want to do more with this person. And like, I know I drove this phrase into the ground over the years on this program, but if they do strike when the iron's hot and actually go with it, then you know, I'm, I will immediately throw my hands up and say, Triple H is better than Vince because he's willing to do that. Like that, I know that that seems like a low bar, but I'll do it. Um, that's that is how much of a difference that makes to me because it is it just absolutely chaps my ass to to watch people on WWE TV getting huge reactions and nothing happens, and I'm just like, come on. Get- well, like like Jamie Hader though. I mean they. They they pulled the gun on her real quick. Like the second she started getting traction and more traction mm-hmm. and more traction, they're like, okay, like do it. Yep, this is yeah. happening. We're gonna do it. But yeah, that's uh, I'll, I'll give uh, uh, yeah, that's that's my um, 
that that's I, as low a bar that is. If everything else stays the same, that would be my criteria for being happier with them. But well, even, anyway, even FTR, the crowd started cheering yeah. them. They didn't do any big face turn. They just started having them come through the face entrance. Yeah, yeah, they just went with it, and it was huge. So. Uh, all right, so that's improved. Uh, that's going to take us to Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so this is a um, tough one because I don't think there was any real notable rookies in North America this year because I guess um, Harlan was for NXT. I mean, NXT's had a lot, but they've all sucked pretty much. Like, yeah, Harlan's been bad. okay since he's been in AEW, but like Lash Legend is just god awful terrible yeah. yeah it i would have thought that they would have been embarrassed to put someone who was like that on tv but they just went ahead and did it oh she's i that and lash legend nikita lions match staggers me i'm like how if, if you're supposed to be a wrestler how did what'd you think of the one um that gif I sent you of her and Indy Hartwell were like, they do that corner spot and you could obviously see Indy Hartwell like looking back and like walking back to get clotheslined from behind. Like that was just awful too. That was, that was super green and that's going to happen when you're green. But Indy Hartwell's not green. She's been in the business for like a while. Yeah. Why is that on TV? That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is if, if you, why is that on? Why are you putting that on your TV? Because it makes you look bush league. I don't. I don't get it. Okay, Shad, do, do you want to be really pissed off? Oh God. Do you want to? Do, okay, so so take a guess based on that spot. How long would you say Indy Hartwell's been working? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say five years. Uh, six years. And she has 181 matches on cagematch.net that are recorded. So that tells me that she got there and somebody got in her ear. And she is feeling like super, uh, super self-conscious or super worried or something like that. Well, like, you know what I think happens to people like her? I mean, she's not great to begin with, but... What I think happens to people like her is they're used to working in like a standard size ring and WWE puts them in those big ass fucking rings mm-hmm. and they never adjust to having that extra like four feet in there. Those that from what I have been told by people that honestly really does throw you off in just a, a huge way. Um, so. Uh, God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I I don't have a a rookie submission just because it's I just don't. Um, the, it's if you, not that I don't care, I just don't have. I don't feel like I have a good submission for it. And North America, like, let's be honest here. North North America does not showcase rookies like Japan does. Yeah, it it would be hard to pick a a standout rookie in North America this year. So, lots of people hitting it big or are redeveloping or finally breaking through kind of stuff. I uh, I I have much, I 
I actually have a pick. Okay. Um, he technically did not debut in 2022. Technically, it was 2021. But the very tail end, um, I chose Hook. No, that's a good pick. I didn't think of him because he would still I, be within a. I think giving. I'd say within 18 months is a fair. Yeah, that's that. That was I thought of Hook too, and the reason I didn't put him is I was like, oh, he technically didn't. But it that's like, a fair point. It was like November of last year. I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, he'd be my pick. I think that he's obviously been very protected, and he hasn't really been in a lot of matches or done a lot of stuff. But I do see the potential there, and they they clearly see potential there too, mm-hmm. in terms of like how they've booked him, they've protected him. Uh, I think that that kid just needs like experience. Uh, you obviously don't, if you want to have him be this huge star, you kind of, you don't want him to lose, uh, a lot, but I also, I understand like we're in a day and age when everything on the internet can, is shared. So you yeah. can, it's not like back in the day, you know, like unless you listen to the, or listened or read dirt sheets. Mm-hmm. Like you would know things, but it's like now it's like anything happens in an indie show, like they could find out about it. It's like it's it's kind of crazy that way. But I do think that if you, I think that he should be, they should have him doing indie shows, mm-hmm. or he should be taking indie bookings, or they could have him go on excursion to like uh, to a Japanese promotion. Like I know that that AEW has connections not just with New Japan. Put them aside. Like they have connections with uh, DDT and with mm-hmm. Noah, and it's like you should have him do like a tour over there. And yeah, he probably lose the matches, which is like you're trying to do this whole like undefeated thing with him. But you should work it out where he's like going over there and getting just experience because I think that he could be a huge star for them down yeah. the road. And he has like a there's a like an intangible it factor with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think they're kind of leaning into now because they're, I guess, his gimmick now is like they. What is the the term? The handsome, uh, uh, cold-hearted devil. Yeah, the cold-hearted, handsome devil. <laughs> so they, <laughs> excuse me, they're like. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I'm like. It's all right. Coughing up yeah. along. Anyway, I think they got something with him, so I would like to see him improve further. Mm-hmm. No one uh, in WWE's just... gotten a pop like he got on Dynamite right. in like a long time. Yeah. It since you mentioned WWE, the other person that I kind of like seriously, not necessarily tongue in cheek, uh, would actually put here is like uh, my runner up rookie mm-hmm. of the year, Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> Logan... a bad pick either. <laughs> Logan Paul has had what? Has he had like three or four matches like uh, ever? I just had two, but I look. I think he had three because he had like a tag match with Miz and he faced oh. Miz. Okay. And then he had that match with Roman at the most recent Saudi pay per view. Yeah. Yeah, three. and it's like that Roman Reigns match was like ponderously good. And it wasn't because Ponderous. of Roman either. No, it's like that kid, like if he. I don't think he ever will because he has like a podcast and he has other interests and stuff like that. But that's a kid that if he ever sat down, it's like, you know what? I'm going to go all in on this wrestling. And yeah. he like just stepped back and trained 
and kind of went through a system and really applied himself like that kid could actually be like really damn good yeah it's really uh, it's really bad though for them that um they keep getting these guys like him and pat mcafee that come through and they're way mm-hmm. better than any of their system guys like it's paul is paul another one who was trained by like a rip rogers or someone yeah, outside I don't know who trained him let me see. okay 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 hold on i'm looking up drew gulak shane helms and allegedly Shawn michaels oh yeah that would, like, that okay. would do it you got like huh. good trainers but i i unironically believe like that kid in like three matches has shown me more and i would say like he's better than dominic mysterio yeah uh and the joke i i think i shared after the roman match it's like oh uh, logan paul is better than will osprey and i'm kind of like tongue-in-cheek with that but i'm also like yeah i probably would prefer logan paul versus will osprey because at least logan paul uh isn't up his own ass about doing moves that he knows that Meltzer would care about. It does <laughs> it does it does warm my cold black heart though that Will Ospreay did fail in AEW this year. Yeah. People don't care about him as much as uh people they at least like Meltzer people like the, that. The think. problem the problem is I think I think he could do okay, but he doesn't have like a lot of charisma and he doesn't understand character work. And the thing is yeah. like people like flashy stuff but like when you're just doing a flip to do like a a body slam, people get tired of it. It makes the whole thing look fake. Like if if I'm gonna if you come to me and I throw you for a hip toss and you do like you know I'm just doing a hip toss. You see that a million times, right? Hmm. You've seen a million hip tosses. I do this hip toss and you go up and you're like kicking your legs and like and cartwheeling and all that sort of stuff off of a hip toss. It makes it look like you're either not taking it seriously or making fun of it. Well, I think I think people bitched about him though because, like, I know we talked about some of his social media stuff, but like he totally deserved it when Dax lit him up for that same oh, yeah, corner. Yeah. He deserved that hundred percent. He takes a chop in the corner and like kicks his feet way up in the air, and it's like, okay, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that right there is exactly like the. It's like, hey. I'm it's, making a joke then, out of this. And then Dax chopped him so hard that he hurt himself. <laughs> it's it's just superfluous. It's like you're you're suspending disbelief more than uh, some sort of bullshit match with like uh, Bray Wyatt, where he, Bray Wyatt is using magic as yeah. a fiend or something <laughs> like that. It's like you're using magic. I clearly know that that's like nonsense. But and yet I f- I'm less offended by that than Will Ospreay in general because Will Ospreay does sh- shit which like uh, really bothers me. Like that cell uh, he did on that um, Orange Cassidy stunner where he did like a 450 in the air and then bumped like shit like that's why I hate him. Yeah, uh, I mentioned this on the podcast before like back in the day, but uh, or maybe just to you guys, but there was a guy who after the uh, the trios match. Uh, for the in the build up to the trios title where it was like a Will Ospreay and Aussie Open mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, Death Triangle, mm-hmm. and the guy like wrote on his Twitter he's like the first time I see a twenty match uh, sorry a twenty move sequence between Will Ospreay and Ray Phoenix and neither of them connect with each other a single time I'm gonna turn my TV off and then literally like two minutes later he's like all right. 
night folks and because yeah. that happened that happened on the other thing it's like yeah. there's this big masturbatory like thing where they did this whole sequence and it's like they didn't connect a single time and it's That's, like enough of that how like, many times have i yelled about that on this show and I hate get, that shit. Yeah, and you get Dave Meltzer being basically legit giving him the most stars of any wrestler in of all time. Yeah. You know what? Okay, so it, then basically you're saying like he's the best wrestler of all time. You know what? Like, go fuck yourself with that. You know what would have redeemed that that twenty move thing is if Penta had like come in and bitten his face. <laughs> yeah, you there yeah. would have been a payoff to it because. If you have a whole sequence where you're running around and doing that and nothing happens out of it, not, then you are – basically what you're doing is, number one, you're telling everybody. It's like, oh, this is fake. Number two, you're telling everybody you have wasted ever how much time for something that doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, because that's and, the thing with stuff like that is – it doesn't have to figure into the finish, but everything you should be doing in the ring should be either progressing to winning the match or moving away from losing the match. The end of that whole sequence should have had something. If you're going to have a little sequence where you're, you're trying to show how evenly matched you are, all right, you know what? That's fine. I... I okay. Yeah, all right, all right, you can do that. But um, even if you do that, there needs to be something that comes out of it. There needs to be some kind of – there needs to be some – it needs to be short. If you're going to do that, it needs to be short. And then if you're going to be doing one of those big, long sequences, somebody needs to just jack the living hell out of the other guy. It needs to be, you go back and forth a bit, you're evened out and the heel cheats by poking you in the eyes or stepping on your foot or doing something nefarious to get control. That's how that sequence should go. Either that or you do the whole thing and the face is showing he's better because you're doing this whole thing. And here comes the face with a big jumping lariat or a drop, big drop kick or something like that. Or you do like that, and then you showboat, and the the face drop kicks you out of the ring. Yeah, AJ Styles had kind of a whole spot built around that idea. You know, when AJ would do, he'd shoot you off, and he'd, he'd do the drop down, he'd do the leapfrog, and then he'd do the drop kick. Like it's a super basic drill, but what happens? It's AJ going, "Look how good I am." You know what's coming, and you can't stop it. As opposed to. Okay, so mine is um, Mayu Amasaki in Stardom is my um, rookie of the year. Okay. Um, she okay. didn't win a lot. It, it's typical Japan rookie stuff. But if you if you watch Stardom and you come across her, she's super competent for someone that debuted in March. Wow. That's pretty good. Does that just take us on into manager then? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to contribute right now. Um, I mean, she's she's won like a couple matches out of she's had. So, I mean, there's not a lot to say about her. The problem is I thought about Braun Breaker, but they really ruined him with the Joe Gacy stuff this year. Mm. 
Yeah, that didn't uh, do anybody any favors. And he's, I think he's regressed a little bit too, honestly, because they haven't he protected have. him as well. He may have. So, oh, manager. Yeah, that manager I think is our next one. Are we in a court again? By the way. Probably. Uh, Regal. Yeah, that's what I got. Okay. Yeah, Regal. Regal. Uh, yeah. That goes without saying. Oh, yeah, it, it was um, it was like uh, I mean, you know, he he built a definitive stable out of it, out of sheer force personality. Yeah, it's just regal. Okay, that's that's just it. It's just I, regal. The the regal leaving AEW thing though is why I hate social media because to anyone that has half a brain that understands human nature. Of course he would go back to WWE if he got the the chance. He didn't want to leave. Yeah. He didn't want to leave in the first place, and now he gets a chance to work with his son. Yeah. Like, he's going to go Shock. back to NXT where he's been for, like, the last decade. That's what he – he didn't want to leave. Like, yeah, he came to AEW because he wanted to work. But, like, don't, don't go into all this, like, well, he hated AEW or they mistreated him badly, which were all these rumors. I think stupid um, EC3 was doing that. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was trying to like push this thing. It's like, oh, he, he thought AEW is like such a immature, like totally run company, and it's like, no, that's not at all what was going on. No, he. Yeah. It's like it's like if like Regal, Regal probably thought he was going to retire from WWE, get to see his son come up, and then they callously fired him, and his friend got in charge and was willing to hire him back. Like, of course yeah. he's going to go back to WWE. This isn't like an AEW versus WWE thing. This is a guy who is going back to the job that he didn't want to lose all along. Yeah. I uh, Can I just throw in there just as a dig? Like, EC3, like, why are you believing EC3? <laughs> There's yeah, no like, good reason. Yeah, Velveteen Dream, which you could feel a certain kind of way about Velveteen, uh, but... EC3 was like, oh yeah, Velveteen was over at my house like for a party, and then he he put his phone up in the bathroom and trying to like take pictures of guys' dicks, like that's something that EC3 alleged. And Velveteen Dream again, however you want to feel about him, like he put him on blast, and I feel like Velveteen was being honest. He's like, dude, I was like higher than the moon <laughs> on drugs. <laughs> I was not trying to take a picture of your dick. I put my phone down because I was like so damn high. Like, I'm not trying to look at your dick. It's yeah. Like, I don't feel like he was lying. I feel like why, he was just being honest. Right and why would yeah. anyone give yeah. any credence to someone that works for Control Your Narrative? Because the people that work for Control Your Narrative are so fucking miserable to work with or have assaulted so many people they can't work anywhere else. Like, I'm shocked Joey Ryan isn't working for them currently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it, it's, it's control. Your narrative is just this weird, like postmodern train wreck of a, well, the, of a pro. They're working. They were at Wrestle, Wrestlecade. Is that what it's called, Matt? Wrestlecade? WrestleCon or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like WrestleCon? Yeah, they did a six man and they were there as control. Your narrative it was like him and Aries and someone else. I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I forgot that Aries was part of that. 
Yeah. It is the insufferable shitbag promotion. It is. Because, I mean, even um, What's-His-Face was there, too, until he got re-signed. Braun? Yeah. Yeah, Braun Strowman, who left. Um, like, Let's see. WrestleCade Super Show 2022. Um, da, da, da. The Extreme Horsemen of C.W. Anderson, Preston Quinn, and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson defeated Control Your Narrative, Austin Aries, EC3, and Fodder. Fodder? I don't know who. He's some nobody. I was going to say, the hell is Fodder? Now, it does have a, it does have two matches I'm kind of interested in from this show. It uh-huh. has um, Dax Harwood beat Mike Bailey in like a 20-minute match. And then Matt Hardy beat Jeff Jarrett. You know, I actually have not watched any Mike Bailey stuff. What, uh, how would you describe him? He's, he's actually good. Yeah. Okay. The thing that I, the thing that bothers me about him, there's two things. Mm-hmm. And these are like minor aesthetic things. Cause like he's a fantastic worker. Like if you, to the point where it's like, you see anyone, uh, that you know is like a pretty decent worker, but you or someone that you're interested in, you see like, oh, they faced Mike Bailey on the show. It's going to be a good match. Like at a minimum, it's going to be a good match because Mike Bailey is actually a good worker, uh, and Bailey is doing indie stuff, but also he's with uh, Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that bothers me about him is that he wears like shin guards, yeah. but uh, it's bare feet. He doesn't yeah. have like boots, so that aesthetically bothers me. Um, yeah, I don't. And then love he also that. has like uh, a haircut where it's like he he doesn't quite have a mullet, but it's kind of like thick hair. But the sides on his temples are like shaved. And it's like yeah. this is a weird look. It's like that Eddie Guerrero undercut <laughs> from the late '90s on Nitro. Yeah, but but he's otherwise very good. This okay. is actually an that... intriguing card. Um, so that has that stuff, but it also has um. Um, the Rock and Roll Express, George South and Carrie Morton beat the Dawsons. You'll remember them from Early Power. John Schuyler uh, and Beer, Beer City Bruiser. Bandito in a four-way beat Colby Carino, Lince Dorado, and Shane Taylor. So we know Izzy's dad did not go to this show. No, he, he did not show up and then at all. Heath and Rhino defended the Impact titles against Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. The main event was the Briscoes versus the Kingdom, and then there was a, there was a, like a battle royal that Nick Aldis won, and Shane Douglas made an appearance in that, and Luigi Primo made an appearance in that. Oh my God! And, and the big cat, Mr. Hughes, made an appearance in this battle royal. Wow. Oh, and Johnny okay, Swinger didn't did. didn't expect that. Oh, Crowbar. Brian Pillman Jr. Huh. This is on Title Match Network, and it was uh, 11-26-22. I'm going to have to check this show out. Interesting. So, okay. We all agreed on Regal. Um, I think that takes us to Angle of the Year. I was blank on this one. I couldn't think of an angle. I, 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 I'll i give you the angle I like. Um, and the 
it, it kind of ties in with one of my picks already, but my angle of the year is scissor me daddy ass. Oh, um, okay. I'm going to change mine to that. Okay. <laughs> it was this organic thing that just took off and it's amazing and it's funny and it's enjoy it's it's fun wrestling stuff. By God, it's like pulling teeth to get fun wrestling stuff out of some companies. And then they're they're just like scissor me daddy ass and they're like, Well, we can't we can't do a, a show about that. Um uh, but it, they they had put on I think Twitter they're like well we can't make a shirt of that and it's like but we got a shirt of that and it's like, all right cool uh, was was that <laughs> did the ass boys start this year or last year I think it was last year I think it was last, last year. year yeah because yeah. I was explaining it to my wife because she didn't understand like the joke and I was explaining well so Dan Housen started calling them the ass boys because. Billy Gunn in the 2000s when he was Mr. Ass Billy Gunn wore Mr. Ass on his tights. So he thought his last name was Ass because that was on his underwear. And then she got it and thought it was funny. But yeah, but I, think uh, I just played my wife the um, the 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 promo of Dan Housen talking about it and she was cracking up. And the thing was, like, it's funny, though, with the scissor me thing is because that was something they did for a long time in their act and they never called attention to it. And then you realize that's what they were doing the whole time. Yeah, it was they finally found a way to. to um, I don't know, kind of bring it to the forefront. And, and the, it, was, it was just great. And I, I hate to do the WWE versus AEW thing, but this is the kind of stuff that WWE used to just run into the ground in a matter of weeks yeah yeah but they they left this alone the only people that do it are the acclaimed and they do it as much as they feel is is appropriate to do it i guess which is not every time right well i mean they'll do it with part of the entrance but it's not a i mean you know they're not they don't do whole promos about it and stuff yeah it's not like it's not like they don't come out and go, listen, listen, scissor me daddy ass, rap, rap, scissor me daddy ass, get in the ring, scissor me daddy You know, it, we don't have that happening over and over. Um, it's kind of like but, um, the New Age Outlaws and how, like, Road Dog would do his shtick and then it was over. So yeah. it lasted a while. Yeah, but... Yeah, it's organic. That's, yeah. that's what I got. I did not choose that one. Okay. Uh, this is Angle, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that actually is a good one. That really probably should be fine because that's just <laughs> fun, and it did organically lead to like them winning the tag titles and then being just over as hell. Yeah. Um, and I think like on uh on Shop AEW or Pro Wrestling Tees, like they, I think they still have one of the highest selling shirts of the year. Yeah, and I love that. Like, I think those guys deserve all the success they can. Like, even before like this whole like, like you said, the final piece. Even before that, like they were featured on 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 Dynamite or Rampage. Like, clearly, like Tony Khan saw something in them. Yeah, uh, and it's it's clearly paying off now. So I think that's that's great. I ultimately chose like the Bloodline angle as mm-hmm. mine. Uh, and I picked it for one reason. Like, I overall don't give a shit about 
anything with Roman Reigns <laughs> or the Usos. I'm like so over them. Yeah. I'm picking him for the specific reason that really out of anything in the WWE, but I mean this seriously. Like if you love the WWE, you can. I love pro wrestling. I'm not going to begrudge you that. Like watch what you love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've loved WWE more in previous years. I feel like it's not compelling or really that interesting to me. So I don't really I – mean, I'm kind of down on WWE. But to the extent that I like anything from the WWE, I will say that Sami Zayn yeah. is carrying this whole damn company and certainly this angle on his back. Like the amount of like – Comedy plus also like subtle gravitas, like subtle drama that he's carrying by being like a bloodline fanboy to then being accepted as part of the bloodline as a quote honorary ooze. Yeah. Like it's it's to me it's really fascinating. <laughs> it's and that's why like I, I can say like I think he's interesting. The whole the whole bloodline yes. gimmick, the only time they've been remotely interesting is because of him. Yes. Yes. He's like far and away carrying it yeah and it's it's really funny and it's the fulcrum that makes the whole thing interesting can, can i ask yeah. a question because i might need to rethink a couple things was he was this also the same year he was literally killing himself to make that stupid thing with johnny knoxville work yes mm. yes yeah i, I wouldn't change any of my votes but man he might be the wwe oh, MVP. I think the, yeah yeah Oh, I think he's a WWE MVP. To the extent that he's not, like you could argue that's an actual like serious worker, like uh like Gunther, aka Walter, like he might yeah. be. But on like the at least like the work rate side. But I think that I think it's really the answer to Sami Zayn. Like Sami Zayn, like he had a, his whole mania match against uh Johnny Knoxville of all people, and people were laughing at that because at the time like he had that match and he's like taking like body slams and shit from like jacks at jackass people yeah from in part to promote like the dumb movie that i don't even think it made that much money but it's like he he gave some sort of a statement after the fact that he's like yeah I'm, I'm like i'm proud of that match it might be like the best match i've ever been in i've ever done and it's like people can roll their eyes like oh, really like that stupid yeah. comedy match it's like but no he made that match like interesting yeah, and, and it was possibly the most high-profile match he's ever been in. And mm-hmm. the and the only social media heat they've gotten all year, like any sort of engagement they've gotten for like an on-screen part of their product is something he's done. Yeah. Like that's the first time that the Usi thing is the first time that something they've done has gotten a little bit of like mainstream play, like where people have mm-hmm. used that as like a catchphrase for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And he probably ad-libbed that. They probably did that. I think he did because, like, Roman lost his shit. Yeah. And Heyman, um, I think Heyman was sitting there in the corner, like, covering his mouth. Everybody too. who was out there was trying not to laugh. They're all they're all in the ring doing this stuff, trying not to lose it. And, uh, you know, that wasn't very oozy. Yeah. Um, it, it, I've got... <laughs> I have a friend who likes to use the phrase whenever he's trying to throw you off guard is he'll do that wasn't very oo of you. And that's what it keeps reminding me of. But um, no, I, you know, Matt, I think you've, you've got a good point. Um, 
So, you know, it, <clears throat> it it's not one that I was invested in, but you have a very good point. I would I would legitimately make an argument that if they were a real wrestling company that their main event of mania would be Roman versus Sammy based on mm-hmm. what they've been what they've managed Just the to build, build they've been doing. Yeah. Sure. I'm with you. All right. I think that takes us to promo of the year. Yes. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and do mine because mine's kind of weird. Um, but what I said for promo of the year is I, I decided that this was the promo of the year was the one that was going to have the biggest impact. It was going to have the forest reaching ripples, so to speak. And so I'm going to say it's the, uh, the brawl out promo. Um, because that, that stupid train wreck of a promo derailed the whole promotion for months and, and has caused like, has, uh, <clears throat> you know, shat upon punk's legacy and and all that kind of good stuff so with you know the the elite were out for a long time because of it and um you know uh, punk was gone and all that stuff so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and go with uh the brawl out promo just for the the sheer repercussions of it um, I guess I'll go next. I picked um, Dax Harwood's um, promo about his daughter before um, the second match with the Briscoes. That was a really good promo. Oh, he's like, fight like a girl? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I forgot about that one. Oh, that's really good. I know I gave a lot of shit to FTR this year, but they really <laughs> they really, um, yeah, took it to another level. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, they did. Oh man, that's that's a you're right. That's a really good call on that promo. But uh, I'm I'm gonna stand by my criteria. There's a reason. Uh, there's a reason why Dax was I think number three or four on my list for wrestler of the year. He was number three on mine. I thought about giving uh, it to him. I really did. Like he. Yeah. He he just having a goat year. Yeah. Yeah, having a goat year like that. Um, and if, how can I best put this? If it had not been for the brawl out promo and the fallout from it and Moxley doing what he did, I would have given it to him. And they, um, and so when we did Columbus, they were hurt, but they had them come out and like cut a promo just because they wanted to give the crowd something they wanted to see. And, Mm -hmm. um, they're literally talking and they don't know what to do with all the belts they had. (laughs) They had what, like three. three sets at the time? Yeah, because they're trying to like talk, but they have like one around their waist, but they're holding both on their shoulders. They're just struggling with it. And it's yeah. like that that tells you that you're having a special year when you do not know what to do with all the hardware you have. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I liked what Lance yeah. Storm did in WCW when he had all the belts because he, um, he'd have one around his waist, but then he would strap the other two together and then put them like like a sash oh, around on his neck yeah like yeah. around his body like it'd go from his shoulder to like his waist he'd have the other two oh yeah like yeah yeah you're right you're right i thought that was creative uh, oh yeah that's that was a great idea uh 
Matt, what about you for promo of the year? Uh, mine uh, is actually the promo that MJF cut on Punk leading up to the dollar, dog collar match. I gotta have a theme here. I've mentioned the Punk MJF dog collar, the feud itself, and leading up to the dog collar match in general. Uh huh. Because uh, if you remember, it's like uh, MJF cut this whole like passionate, almost like babyface turning promo. We was talking about how like Punk was his like hero growing up. And then Punk, like, was disrespecting him, everything like that, and how he, he, he got, like, NJF got mocked by kids, other kids, because it's like he was into wrestling and other things like that and got laughed at for that, and all this stuff, and Punk, like, comes out clearly disturbed, where he's like, I, I, I is this true? He goes, I, is this true? To MJF, it's like I can't believe that I made you feel so belittled when you, you know, you shouldn't have felt that way. Like, in basically saying I'm sorry, and then like the next week, the next week MJF, they had the MJF like Punk, uh, like face to face, where Punk is like wants to talk about it, the whole mm-hmm. issue, and it seems like MJF, you know, they're feuding, so it seems like MJF is trying to maybe turn babyface, and Punk's like very recalcitrant about like MJF going through his issues and then what happens that MJF if you can he never really turn but it's almost like a turn mm-hmm. just attacks punk and he has like the uh the pinnacle come out mm-hmm. and hold him down while he bloodies him and like you see you see him like uh he has like a shirt on that's of of him and punk back when MJF was a little kid uh, that like it's become like a famous shirt. I think I think AEW put out a shirt because yeah. it was like he took like the punk CM Punk's blood and smeared it on his shirt, his white T-shirt. Yeah. And this was the iciest thing he did. He like looked at Punk, and he goes, "You stupid old man, I'm a snake." Yeah. And which was a reason, punk line from Ring of yes, Honor. The reason that I love that is because years ago. 2005, Death Before Dishonor 3. Like, Punk cut this, like, literally, like, classic, classic promo where he said, he told the whole story about, like, a, a farmer, like, found a snake frozen in ice. He nursed the snake back to health. And then when the finally, like, the snake was, was like, back to, to full health and everything, what did the snake do? He bit the old man. Mm-hmm. And as the old man, like, lay dying, the snake goes, like, the old man had asked the snake, it's like, why? Like, I. I took care of you. I I nursed you back to health. I saved your life. And the snake looks at him and he goes, you stupid old man, I'm a snake. Yep. And that sort of – that's like a deep cut callback. It's like you're going back. You really have to know your history, your wrestling history, and and like your CM Punk history Mm -hmm. to get that. And that maybe flew over people's heads, but it's like if you you know that backstory, like that's amazing. Yeah. And so that – promo it's like that's my promo of the year it's like it 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 appealed to my interest where it's like it's a a violent bloody uh angle and promo but it's also a promo that calls back to like wrestling history with punk going back 17 years it's crazy like it's crazy that they did that but it was fascinating to me so yeah I, I I labeled that one as the you walked away promo because that was the line that stuck out to me. Um, 
because he said, you know, this was it was supposed to be like this, and you walked away. And I was like, that's a that's that's the line I'm tagging to it. Yeah. It was a good promo. I mean, like MJF had tears in his eyes whenever he got done with it. So MJF has cut like some banger promos this year. <laughs> like He's just in the, last, like, it. in the last like two months, he had the whole promo where he was basically turning babyface again. Mm-hmm. Talking to Regal, it's like I tried to get into the WWE, uh, you know, and you like shot me down, and it made Regal almost like seem like a bad guy because it's like you're dashing this kid who just loves pro wrestling. He wants to get into the business, and you're like dashing his hopes. It made like MJF look good, and then of course yeah. like he again betrayed <laughs> Regal. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a betrayal because like he's the devil, he's the snake. Yeah, but anyway, the I thought that. The punk one was like fantastic. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh all right. Um, that takes us to stable, stable of the year. Um, I'll go first. Um, so okay. I don't think this is a great year for stables. Um, I know a lot of people are gonna probably pick like the Blackpool Combat Club. I did not particularly care for them because I don't like, um. Over overpowered stables that don't lose. That's also why Bloodline's not going to get anything for me. So I actually am going to take um, Donna Del Mondo kind of as a lifetime achievement award from Stardom. Okay. Um, so that has Julia and it has Thecla. Um, I think. Um, oh shit, what's her name? My Sakura is in it. Those are like some okay. of the main main people. It's a mainstay stable and. And um, Stardom, so you also have, like, God's Eye, and then you have Odotai, who would have also been kind of on my my list. I guess you have the Cosmic Angels, too. But, yeah, so... So, that's what was pick. the name again? Donna Del Mondo. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's led by Julia. Yeah. And uh, it's the other members are uh, Micah, Himeka, Thekla, and Mai Sakura. Uh, yeah, it's it's that that's a good pick. I didn't think uh, it was a great year for me for stables, so it was kind of a tough. That's fair. Choice. You know, uh, you know, Brad, I, I would not pick them, uh, and they suffered a horrific treachery by Natsu Poi. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like an inside joke, but not. That's only if you know what I'm talking about. Like, Natsu Poi uh, was a member of that stable, and then she turned on Julia. Mm-hmm. And joined, what, didn't she join the Cosmic Angels? Yeah, she joined the Cosmic Angels, I think. I'm looking. Yeah, she joined the Cosmic Angels. Yeah. I this I, I knew it was that, and then you said something like, oh, shit, did she join Odotai? But no, it was the Cosmic Angels. No, she's not the, the thing about stardom, Shad, uh, or yeah. for anyone out there who is not as familiar with that Joshi Fed, it's it's very um, it's very faction based. It's basically like the factions that you're part of, like fighting gang each wars. other. It's, but it is it is gang wars, but it's interesting in the sense that like faction mates will face each other, and oftentimes yeah. those matches are like the most brutal. Well, mm. Shad, that's what um. It's not it's not to the extreme that um, Dragon Gate is. Dragon Gate is a Stable Wars promotion. Like that's okay. what drives Dragon Gate. 
is the stable. I mean, I don't have a problem with that because, frankly, that's an easy way to to keep people involved. It's an easy way to keep stuff uh, flowing, to keep you know interaction happening between people on your show. Like, I, I don't have any issue with that. It keeps it keeps people like involved. It makes face and heel turns easy because you just change factions. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Brad, who that was your that wait, was mine. that was yours. Okay, Matt, what was yours? Uh, one. He was just well, talking I about Natsu Poi being a treacherous. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, grass. I. Uh, I actually would choose the Blackpool Combat Club. Okay. I I personally like them. I do think that the criticism of them, because they kind of like, they started out, I think, hot and strong and great. And then mm-hmm. the people who said like, it's been like meandering for the last like two, three months. Like, I think that's a fair criticism, but uh, I kind of, I would choose them just because much like Brad, it's like, I don't, this wasn't a great staple year for me like i didn't think it was like really hot so uh, i have to go with the ones that like were good at least for like half of their existence yeah i get that um so for stable of the year for me it's this is gonna end up kind of coming as a cop out but i'm i'm picking the stable that just honestly made me smile to see them Every time they were on my screen, I was I was always happy to see these guys when they were out there doing stuff. And so that means that uh, I'm they've had they've had members who've had decent success. I'm giving it to uh, the best friends because between between Orange Cassidy and uh, between Orange Cassidy and uh, and Danhausen. And Trent and Chucky and all, like they they're just fun to watch and I enjoy seeing. Technically, them. isn't Rocky so, Romero a best friend now, or is he just a crossover from Chaos? Since most of them are in Chaos too. Uh, I know Orange was in Chaos, but I didn't know if all the best friends. Well, were I mean, in Chaos. Trent would technically be because they've teamed as Rapungi Vice a bit on Dark and stuff. I know I think they made Dynamite okay. a couple times as Rapungi Vice. Uh, they were on the pay-per-view in a, the three-way tag with FTR and oh, now I'm going to blank on the name because I can't remember that was uh, no, no, I was wrong uh, it's not the show I was looking for, that's the problem oh. But they they were on a pay per view, uh, I think in a tag title match. Okay. So. Underrated tag team of um last decade is Rapungi Vice. Okay. Good, um, good yeah, um, entrance for... music. All right, and so that takes us to show of the year, um, and I suspect these are going to be kind of spread out too. So uh, what do you think, guys? Uh, Matt, you want to go first? I can go first. Uh, I did pick an AEW branded show. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you could probably sit down and argue like some shows were better than others uh, of other promotions. Like even WWE had like some good shows, uh, and you could argue like Mania was probably where like the tide turned for AEW for WWE. Like people started hyping them up a little more. But to me, like the best overall show, uh, and you can again people will people will debate this because they might think that other shows are are were better. But I think that the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view mm. for like a mess of injuries and not necessarily the best promotion leading up to it, partly in put because like there were significant injuries. I think that that show was like fantastic in terms of how it actually came across. Mm-hmm. Like the Moxley Tanahashi match, while I would not rate that as like anywhere near like best in the year, it's a fantastic match. Yeah. Um, the Jay White, Adam Page, Adam Cole match, Okada match, like mm-hmm. that was a really good match. Um, Claudio debuting in AEW, defeating Zack Sabre Jr., great match. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some other good stuff in there, like with FTR, like winning the tag titles. Uh, even like Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm was like a pretty good match. Uh, I feel like the match that people hyped up the most after that, and that's. I would say it's in the runner for match of the year. That okay. would be Will Ospreay in Orange Cassidy. Like that was a fantastic match. Like Orange Cassidy showed that he is one of the best workers on the planet and there's a reason why like he is consistently featured in AEW. And it's yeah. not just because like oh, people, yeah. like people like the goofy gimmick. It's like no, like he's actually a world class worker. Yes, he is. And they have they've slowly over like this year for sure. They've slowly dropped because they used to be like when him it's like he would, his whole the gimmick was that he would just like uh n- kind of not really work in matches like he'd just be kind of like slowly doing his like gimmick stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't really want to put effort into it. Like they've dropped that. Like he's basically just like. It's like as soon as the bell rings, he's like all gas, like no brakes. Yeah. Um, and they, but they've allowed his character to evolve, and that he does funny stuff elsewhere. Like they, like when he's now all, he's all Atlantic champion, and they've been doing fun stuff with him, where it's like he's he's been in trios matches, like a three way matches with guys, with the the idea being like I'm in uh, three way matches because I don't. I want to like just have lots of people, both lots of people basically in this match with me, uh, so I don't have to face them individually. It's like it's <laughs> it's more low effort to have, like, <laughs> face like two guys and just get it out of the way. And yeah, they can, like fight each other and I can be in the corner or whatever. But he's a, uh, it's hilarious. Like the, do you guys remember like the match setting up the three way match he had? I believe on Rampage between Ten Preston, yeah, and R- Roosh, yeah, where they they've set it up, but he's like in a bar and he's like talking to them it's like yeah hey hey uh and he's like just pulls out two beers it's like uh uh if you want a beer yeah <laughs> and then he's like i'll uh i'll fight you for for this title um at the same time <laughs> just like so nonchalant like you want to fight and, me, love- and you want to fight him well, we just all fight and i love it- that he just carries around the title in like a a knapsack is he like a, a backpack a jansport backpack <laughs> yes it's great and that match was fantastic as much as like we were hating on will osprey 
uh, I do think that this was a fantastic match. And again, it it, it opened people's eyes if, to the extent that they weren't already open to how great Orange is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I, I just I the whole show I felt top to bottom was just well done. Yeah. Um, Brad, do you do you um, have yours or? Yeah, I didn't. I struggled with this one, so I just picked um. Because I thought Final Battle 2023 was pretty good. I thought Revolution mm. 2020 was pretty good. Forbidden Door was pretty good. But I I went with the Stardom show, which was the more recent one, was which was their Gold Rush show from November. Okay. Um, so I think the highlights of that was um, Suri and Utami had a rematch for the the main the red belt, and then Saya Kaminati and Kari went to a 30 minute time limit draw which is really good mm-hmm. so um that would be my show of the year uh so what i finally because i was really pondering on what i was going to pick and i was trying to make sure i wasn't getting into recency violent by bias with you know how great the 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 match some of the matches were at final battle and stuff and so what i ended up settling on was for me my favorite show of the year was aew revolution because i mean god there were some just straight up amazing matches the pre-show which was the house of black versus uh pock penoscuro and eric redbeard eddie kingston over jericho uh, three-way for the tag titles, Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Bucks. Um, face the Revolution ladder match for the TNT, Jade Cargill over Tay Conti. The dog collar match, um, uh, Baker versus Thunder Rosa, which that was the, the sour point for me because they put that off to have the blow-off in San Antonio. Was, was but, that Tay Conti or was that Anna Jay on that show? Jade Cargill versus Tay Conte with Anna Jay. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because Anna Jay hit her with the chair. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, Darby, Sammy, and Sting versus Andre, Andrade, uh, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. And then Hangman Page versus Adam Cole. Like, top to bottom, this show was a lot of fun to watch. There was no bad blood floating around, like, kind of soured me on some later in the year AEW stuff. Um, this was just. This was uh, lots of people that I enjoy watching did great stuff and went over, you know, Kingston, Jurassic Express. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Hangman. I think Mox beat Danielson. He did. If that's right. So, you know, all, all kinds of people that I really enjoy did great stuff, went over like it was it was just a banger of a show to watch that. um The. um uh fuck sorry i'm getting tired um that the yeah. house of black versus penta Pac, and um eric redbeard match um it's a travesty that was on the pre-show because more people needed to see that and that actually hung around yeah. that still hung around the top of my list all year because that was an outstanding yeah. match and that right there it was not only really good but it was smartly booked because redbeard was not under contract it was a one-off appearance kind of thing he's the one that took the fall um but 
you know, it's like, don't don't tell me the guy can't work. I watched that match. He did a damn good job. That's the best match he's ever been in, though. Oh, no, um, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I would have to I would have to think about that because the um, White Shield White Shield might be better. I, I think they're both very good. They're different. I don't know which one I would say is better. Yeah, they they would be going toe to toe, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Wow. I think uh, I think the House of Black one might win because their entrance was badass. With like the blue lights really and all badass. that. Like, yeah, that was Well, and then you had you had the other side doing stuff to like kind of mirror the House of Black uh spoopy vibe. So you had a lot of fun with that. I think Penta had like a shovel or something as part well, of no, it. Well no, remember he does that when he was doing evil Penta, he would they would bring that tombstone out and he would like kind of hover up from the tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Penta Yeah. 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 The, more people needed to see that match. That was an outstanding trio match. You're right. It really was. It was fantastic. So. Yeah, Dagon. Penta, just to set aside, like he's an interesting guy because it's like. I know that he. Like he and Phoenix are just used as tag guys, but you could push him as like a a main guy, a main worker. But like, and people have like companies have like Impact did for a bit. Mm-hmm. He won their like, world title for yeah. a while. Like you, you could use him in that fashion. Like he's a fantastic worker, and he is charismatic enough that he could do that. I'm pretty sure he was in singles in um, Lucha Underground. Yeah, he uh, I don't quite know, but, but I mean, I feel like he speaks English well enough, if that's like the concern. I, and to the extent that you don't, I don't he, want him doesn't. to talk. He should never speak. No, that's this again. It's like an aside, but it's like people people want like Starlight Kid and Stardom to lose her mask. And it's like I kind of don't want her to lose her mask. Like no, I kind of like the fact that she's a Lucha she follows like the Lucha tradition of like having the mask. Why do people? Why do people always want to ruin that <clears throat> stuff? I don't know. It, it's she takes uh, photos that are like obscured because uh, she's a mask wrestler, but she takes photos that she shows enough of her face that it's like she's clearly like a very pr- pretty girl. Mm-hmm. But it's like don't like, like the, the whole gimmick is like the mask, and I think it's the, like it's brilliant. Like, these same it, idiots would have. Gif- these same idiots would have wanted Liger to lose his mask in like '92. If if this was like Japan or even like America, it's like you could be selling masks of mm-hmm. hers. Like you could sell those masks like hotcakes. It's like in merch, in merch. Like you could. I don't know if they do that in Japan. Like I doubt it. But I mean, it's like don't Penta like should not talk to the extent he he needs to quote unquote talk. Like you have, uh. What's his uh, manager's name? Abrahantes? I think so. Like you have him as yeah. like a mouthpiece. Yeah. I, it's not like having a mouthpiece is a bad thing. No. God, it drives me crazy. Paul Heyman has proved that having a mouthpiece is not a bad thing. It's just this obsession with everyone needs to unmask eventually and everyone needs to be able to talk. Like, why can't – like, it's like how – um. They ruined Dr. Claw with the action figure. Oh, yeah. And, like, how you had to see um, the Onceler in the the new Lorax movie. 
just just don't. Yeah, like, like I don't. Leave I don't well enough alone. I don't understand this obsession where like we don't get that anymore. I mean, I know that this was. I know that the this the time period ended, but Sting had an amazing stretch of career where he didn't say a word. We were more interesting that way because if you actually do ever talk, then you want to hear what they have to say. Like if you just yap away all week, like who gives a shit what Seth Rollins says? Right. I. It, <laughs> like if no. if Seth Rollins shut up for six months, I bet people would care again. I I do, I do not need. I do not need more giggly bitch promos. Okay, please, for the love of God, give it. The fact that he might that win my TK worst gimmick was... of the year. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get the point of it. I don't know if it's his idea if they're forcing it on him, but like, it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna show Seth Rollins has like real human emotions by making him Krusty the Clown. <laughs> right. So I I don't like he started doing it when Vince was around, and so I could have seen Vince being like, Rollins, get in here. So your gimmick now. You're gonna laugh about everything. You're gonna laugh at him. I saw this movie. It's called The Dark Knight. I had this thing called The Joker, and he laughed a lot. So you're gonna laugh. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be good shit. You're forgetting the loud suits to go with it. Yeah. Is he stealing Becky's clothes? I don't understand. I don't know. He's like he's like one step away from putting like the fake arrow through the head like gimmick from the seventies comedy scene. Hmm. Maybe he maybe he beat up Carrot Top. No, that's not true. He couldn't take Carrot Top. Carrot Top would <laughs> not beat anymore. His ass. Not there, anymore. He was. I think he did Steve O's show or something. I saw a clip of and I knew he was ripped, but like Carrot Top is like Seth Rollins couldn't take him. Let's just yeah. say that. So he did not I, if, he did not beat up Carrot Top and steal his stuff because Carrot Top right. whooped him. Um, I you know if he was doing the arrow through the head thing, then you know what they who they need to bring back to go for it do, to go along with that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the one and only Vaude Villains. Okay. Well, no, that would no, they wouldn't do that. That would actually be interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to say it because it'll it'll pre-populate everybody's YouTube recommendations. So we'll leave that alone. But I don't know. Simon right. Gotch might not do it. He's a crusty old fuck that just <clears throat> grouches all the time. And, and I think. Um, oh, shit. Adrian. They hate each other. Do they? Oh, yeah. They hate each other. I, I guess. The, did they do that while they were teaming or? I don't know. know. I've heard them talk. Well, I've heard, I've heard them talk about each other, and they don't like each other. Well, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if they outright hate each other. I think they've just said we're completely different people, and we don't get on well. It's a shame to have, um, because I loved that gimmick. I really did. But anyway, um. We'll just leave it be then. The thing that fascinates me about this year, because in years past, we've been of similar mind on a lot of stuff. But looking at this, we have, aside from lots of FTRism and Jericho stuff, we've got a really varied response to things. It wasn't. Uh, I, I was thinking before the show, 
And I don't know, I don't know how you two feel, but I feel like 2022 is probably like the worst year for wrestling in like a really long time. That's tough to say because I feel. Other than 2020, argue, I'm taking 2020 <clears throat> off the table. I would argue that in terms of like booking, uh, and just generally like angles, uh, there was enough things out there like angle wise that it I would I would disagree with that, but in terms of like booking, like it's not as good as things have been last like two three years and the indie scenes really drained so you don't even have like some indie like putting out like a quality booked product on the regular i will i will say that the overall quality of matches like has been as good as it's ever been yeah it's so it's i would say like i would i would give it like a waving my hand like in the middle of the way it's like uh it's it's like it's mid it's like yeah. some things were like really good and some things were like not good at all so it kind of it's like a it's a wash almost like Ooh. i felt like some of the years in the previous three or four have been a lot better in terms of how things were presented and booked but the overall quality of matches were still very high and I think some angles were good enough or hot enough that it kind of just like it compensates for the rest. So I think um, match quality wise, it was a better year than like quite a few others recently as far as like high end stuff goes. But I think like because we've kind of <clears> talked <throat> about that, how, you know, good wrestling isn't enough anymore. Like you need. You need all There's the got to be more to it. Than yeah. That, yeah. So I feel like I feel like all of that in between stuff hasn't been as good this year. And um, I feel like I feel like the overarching, if you're like watching something week to week, it hasn't been as good this year. Like you get some real good high points, but like those high points have like three months in between them that were just like a tedious slog to get through. So. Or things like the Owen Hart tournament where I hated the winners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the thing for me that um, that really hurt this year, and it's going to go back to something I said earlier, the the post all out stuff really put a sour taste in my mouth because I was like, God, I was enjoying stuff, and then this had to happen, and it it, it took a company that sure maybe it was not hitting on all cylinders like it was previously, but I was still enjoying it, and then this happens. It's like, oh, well, great. So this this narcissistic shitbag has decided that winning the world title here isn't good enough, and I'm going to shit on everybody around me and all that. And it turns it into this whole big thing that I was angry and frustrated that it was getting in the way of me being able to enjoy the show I was enjoying out of out of selfishness it just it put a bad taste in my mouth because it's like the fact that it's even still floating out there about a return annoys the hell out of me because it's like no just let it just just cut this whole damn thing loose and let's move forward i think a lot of the return stuff is wishful thinking from a couple of people i think it is too but it even that wishful thinking just irritates the hell out of me. Yeah, I get that. Sorry. 
my my cat is disagreeing with me about but that. It's, it's also very late. Apologies. I don't think we we double recorded, folks. And I don't think we've gone this late into the night since like the first year of the podcast. <laughs> it, it's it's been a minute. So. Yeah, but All I knew right. I we I, always yap on these though. Yeah, I, I can I just add one last quick thing. Yeah, is that at no point in our discussion I know I, I know I picked Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. but generally. None of us were like, oh, yes, there's this great pay-per-view or this great match or great show from New Japan. Like, New Japan has, like, fallen off a cliff mm. in terms of, like, people's hype for it, like yeah. the matches in general. And I, I know one guy who is like, I've canceled my sub and I'm not going to, like, re-up my sub until they put the title on someone other than Jay White. And it's like, wow, damn. That's I mean I like Jay White, but I kinda see what he's saying. He's a poor. Mm-hmm. It's like you have Russell Kingdom in like three weeks. And the only thing that I've seen people talk about, two things. One, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. And Sasha Banks like uh making a, an appearance there. That's all I've I've heard people talk about. Like they've talked about nothing else. Like it, it's fallen off a cliff, and that's just yeah. eye-opening to me. Yeah, I think um, I think the one match I saw that was kind of kicking around my thing was um, I think it was from the New Japan Cup. It was uh, Shingo Takai versus Tomohiro Ishii. Was super good from like the same weekend as Revolution, but that's like the only one that was notable to me this year. It's just stale. Like they they don't book well. Um. I don't hate Jay White, but I don't. Jay White's not like a world champion that you put the belt on for like six or seven months. And um, who's he taking on for the title at Wrestle Kingdom? Okada. Okada, oh God. Um, it's like you. I, yeah, I'm kind of over that. It's like Okada might be the best worker on the planet. Like I, I believe that, but it's it's also like, well, I'm kind of kind of seen that before like i'm kind of done with that well at least like i would be fine with okada <laughs> with the belt again but he needs new challengers yeah no because i i was actually so i would this past weekend this just shows you where new japan is so i was thinking about signing up for new japan world again because you know they have the iwgp women's title but then i realized i could get that the show where they were where Kari won it, and I'm like, well, that's that's on the Stardom site. Like most of the stuff will probably be on Stardom because essentially the IWGP Women's Division is Stardom talent. But then I was mm-hmm. like, but I was like, well, you know, it would be a good time. Like, give New Japan a shot this year. And I'm like, why don't you just watch DDT more? That's that's where New Japan is. Where I just said, why don't I just watch DDT more? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was wrong for that assessment, but like I, they, they were a company, I mean, even what, two years ago, like Wrestle Kingdom was a big deal. You'd hear chatter about it. Now you don't hear anything like the G1 mm-hmm. would get hype for a whole month. Don't hear anything about it. Honestly, where they screwed up and I'd heard a lot of it. And I, I think Matt, you probably heard the same thing where a lot of people were like, I'm just holding on for Kota Ibushi to get his moment. Yeah. And then they screwed that up. Yeah, that's kind of a shame. 
But yeah, it's it's really a shame how far they've fallen. I think I think they won Fed of the Year from you and me in 2019, didn't they, Matt? Say it again. I think they won Promotion of the Year like the first year we did the podcast for us, maybe the yeah. second year. Yeah. Yeah. The the Bushi thing is weird because it's like <clears throat> something that just came out. Well, it's rumor. It's not from Ibushi, but basically, <clears throat> it's said that Ibushi is like healthy and ready to go. It's just that his like, contract with New Japan, because that relationship has like been so soured. Yeah. That that's like ending. So he's gonna be a free agent, I think, like by the end of January for sure. And so he will either sign with another company like Noah, or he might have like. He might work with AEW. Like, I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting. Like And that, to me, is more exciting than what's going on with New Japan. Well, you know, it, it was a tweet <clears throat> someone talked about. It might have been Meltzer talked about this about when AEW started. And it was really sad because it showed, like, what kind of a person Ibushi is where they talked about him. And they were like, well, if Omega had asked, had asked him to come, he would have done it without a second thought. But Kenny didn't want to do that because he wanted abushi to get his chance at the iwgp title because that's what he wanted and it really shows like what kind of person abushi is Mm -hmm. you know wwe no he turned wwe down i think because remember he was in that cruiserweight classic a long ass time ago oh wow and i think they offered him a contract and he said no well that's that was that led to like a hilarious moment because like Ibushi I guess was backstage and had a whole like conversation with like Vince McMahon and afterwards Ibushi was like okay so who was that? <laughs> no, didn't like, he like <laughs> did he come back and like make him high five him? <laughs> May I think yeah <laughs> I think so <laughs> I can't talk I'm like my voice is like shot you, um I think so you know Vince Ibushi's like- a weird dude like he's He's legit, like, on another level. You, you know, though, like... people always, like, say that stuff. Like, remember that woman that brought her, like, Emmy in or whatever, and, like, all the writers were butthurt about it? Yeah. And people were like, oh, Vince, bet Vince was mad about that. Like, no, like, Vince loves that shit. Vince was probably, like, yeah. promote her. And I bet he loved mm-hmm. that Ibushi did that, too, because Vince likes that alpha, like, yeah. like letting it hang out stuff. Because people were like, oh, my God, Vince is going to fire her. I'm like, no, Vince liked that. Like, Vince was like... Vince was probably, they said like Vince laughed it off, but he's like, oh, I like that. Yeah, that that would have been, uh, that would have appealed to Vince's whole alpha mindset. Thing. Yeah, like that's, and I think, um, I never understood when people say stuff like that, because I was always like, no, Vince, like if you alpha Vince, like he, he respects that. Yeah. I, I know it, it, it seems a little weird, but yeah, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. So I think that's it for our award show. Yeah, that's it yeah. for our award show. AEW gets dethroned as our promotion of the year. Well, we kind of knew it was going to happen sooner or later. But, I kind of uh, thought so last year because Matt and I both said like stardom might have deserved it over AEW last year. Okay. Uh, but that's all of our stuff. Um, so we would love to hear from you guys on social media. Do you think we're we're off base? Do you think we're on point? What did we forget? And so um, please, absolutely hit us up. We would love to hear from you. 
Uh, I don't believe there's going to be a fresh uh, new show until after New Year's. I think we don't record again until January 10th. And based on how I'm going to release these, if you're listening to this, that's next week. So, yeah, um, that's kind of what I was getting at. Um, All right. So, everybody, thank you for listening. We hope you have a great holiday. Good New Year. And this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. And we will see you next time.